I'm Stephanie Schischler with Schischler Farms in Mason, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Terry Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another episode of Texas Ag Today loaded up and ready to roll for you. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Right to Farm constitutional amendment will be proposition number one on the November ballot. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We have had a big problem with weeds in the Texas High Plains this year. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we're going to talk about an upcoming opportunity for producers to gain new insight on how to fight those weeds. Just ahead on Texas Ag Today, what cotton farmers to textile manufacturers are looking for in the Farm Bill. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more from the National Cotton Council. Landscaping and gardening in Texas in August is a real challenge. Please join me, John Beglow, as we talk about some of the maintenance projects we can undertake now. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. A constitutional amendment to protect the right to farm and ranch in Texas will be proposition number one on the November ballot. Reagan Beck is the Director of Government Affairs for the Texas Farm Bureau. The Secretary of State actually has a drawing. There are 14 different constitutional amendments. And when they did this drawing, they determined the ballot order. We were very fortunate. We lucked out and got Proposition Number 1. The Proposition Number 1 means we're first on the ballot. More people will see it and likely vote on it, hopefully vote for it, and we can go on and get this constitutional amendment passed. Beck says voters will see a very straightforward description of what the amendment will do. When they're looking at the ballot in November, the language for Proposition Number 1 is going to be the constitutional amendment protecting the right to engage in farming, ranching, timber production, horticulture, and wildlife management. That amendment will be on the ballot November 7th. Farm and ranch land values keep rising both nationwide and here in Texas. The value of agricultural land nationwide continues to rise. According to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the average value of an acre of farm real estate in the U.S. is now about $4,080. That's up 7.4% from 2022. The value of farm real estate in Texas has also grown over the past year. It now averages $2,900 an acre. That's up 9.4%. Cropland in Texas averages $2,590 an acre, while pasture land averages $2,200 an acre. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We've suffered through some dry years in Texas recently, but it isn't really anything new. 
At the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course in College Station, Cattle Facts meteorologist Matt Makins told cattle producers that we've been going through drought cycles like this for well over a hundred years. If you look at a timeline of the Palmer drought for the state of Texas since 1895, some folks might throw in more drought toward the tail end of that chart. But if you look at it straight up from 1895 to 2022, Palmer drought for the year, there is no trend. Really not much of a trend in more drought or less drought. So you show a timeline like that, that's impactful. But at the same time, we know that West Texas is not East Texas and the Panhandle is not far South Texas. So there are those smaller variations that are impactful. But for the state as a whole, you look at Palmer for over 100 years and there's little discernible trend one way or the other when it terms of drought. Macon says we're in for a cooler, wetter year in 2024. But after that, we'll be right back to hot, dry weather. Texas High Plains farmers have had a big problem with weeds this year. James Hunt tells us about an upcoming opportunity for producers to gain new insight on fighting those weeds. All that rain the Texas High Plains received two or three months ago certainly provided a boost for area crops and grazing lands, but the abrupt change in our weather also helped fuel an explosion of weeds. J.D. Ragland is the extension agent for Randall County. We've been living in about a five, six year drought here and then all of a sudden in May and early June we get 17 inches of rainfall. So what that does is that sets the stage. I mean again, think about it. We've been dry for so long, get rain. A lot of those weed seeds are just sitting out there. We finally got moisture and man, have those weeds really been an issue this year for our crop producers. Dr. Ragland says another problem problem is that a lot of area weed species have developed resistance to certain herbicides. It's a big dilemma and how to deal with it will be discussed at the Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour coming up on August 29th. Dr. Peter Dotre, who is our AgriLife Extension weed specialist, is going to be on hand and we're going to basically talk and really look at the products that work and those that don't work. And fighting weeds is just one topic to be covered that day. Also on the agenda is analysis of the cattle markets by Texas A&M economist Dr. David Anderson and an insider's view of what's happening with the farm bill from Dr. Joe Outlaw, also of Texas A&M. A special crops tour will also be part of the event. Once again, that's the Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour, August 29th in Canyon. It's a free event. For more information and to get in your RSVP, contact the Randall County Extension Office in Canyon. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The cotton industry is continuing to weigh in on the 2023 Farm Bill. Tom Nicoletti checks in with the National Cotton Council. My guest today is Robbie Minnick. He is Washington, D.C. Operations Lead for the National Cotton Council. And Robbie, the 2023 Farm Bill, uh, certainly a lot of a discussion about that among many, many people in agriculture. Uh, what are you folks at NCC uh, looking uh, forward to as far as getting some positive results from the Farm Bill this year? We're currently, as a uh, industry, working through our Farm Bill priorities and what those look like. So the National Cotton Council represents all seven segments of the U.S. cotton industry from farmers all the way through to textile manufacturers. And we have a, a NCC Farm Bill Task Force that has been meeting uh, some the end of last year and currently through this year, looking at what are the priorities for the entire industry. And, and it really shaping up around several areas. One would be producer safety net, obviously with cost of production that producers are facing 
with the current reference prices for most commodities, really dating back some years in, in previous farm bills when those were set, uh, they really just aren't as effective of, of a safety net as they once were uh, before we saw the, all the inflation throughout agriculture as well as the rest of the economy. So looking at what can be done there to improve the, the producer safety net, what can be done to modernize the, the marketing loan, which is heavily utilized by cotton producers, farm bill programs such as the economic adjustment assistance for textile mills, which supports our domestic textile mills and making sure we keep manufacturing jobs here in the U.S., as well as our uh, ELS growers out in the far west in California, Arizona, and parts of Texas. The budget is kind of the, the key part of the equation that we don't really know the answer to at this point. All of the things that, that there are going to be priorities for our industry or other commodities will, will cost money. That is Robbie Minnick with the National Cotton Council. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Landscaping and gardening in August is a real challenge. San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno looks at some of the maintenance projects you can do in these hot summer months. Well, if you're like me, you kind of shade it up, just like sheep are in the pasture right now in most of the areas in Texas because of the excessive heat. We think of August as mainly a maintenance and preparation month. Very few things we even attempt to plant. And so if you're thinking about planting trees or shrubs, please think about delaying that. I think you'll be way ahead if you do that. When we think about what we can do with trees right now in August, if you've got low limbs that, because of the weight of leaves or whatever reason, are blocking sunlight and causing shade fade on lawns, just knocking the top of the car, it's not unusual. You can prune low limbs now. The only kicker is if you are in oak wilt area and you're pruning a susceptible tree like a live oak or red oak, we try not to. Even though we think as high as it is, the beetles that carry the fungus are going to be dormant or not active, we still don't attempt doing that. All other trees, you can open up windows to ensure that light gets through. We can observe light patterns and maybe even make those decisions now, but delay the actual process till winter. Woody shrubs, we avoid shearing them real hard right now. We see landscapers sometimes come in there and just kind of prune them back a little bit. And that's a no-no when it's excessively hot. You'd be better off to delay that till September or October. They'll mature hard prunings of shrubs way back into the wintertime. Turf, we're watering. We're mowing high. We're sharpening our blades. Make sure your blades are sharp. And remember that when you mow, try not to mow more than one-third of the overall plant height off at any one time. You go off on vacation, your grass grows too tall, you come in, you really whack it. It's very stressful in the heat of summer. And some of your flowering perennials, keep them deadheaded, keep them fertilized, keep them well-watered. And prepare for fall gardens. Pull out tomato plants that aren't performing good and other vegetable plants and get ready to plant vegetable gardens this fall. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. More Texas hunters and anglers will be able to digitally have their Texas hunting and fishing license and digitally tag their game this year. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And you'd think all horses have the same anatomy, but that's not the case when it comes to their backbone. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Not all horses have the same anatomy when it comes to their backbone. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at some of the differences. A recent study out of the Netherlands indicates that individual horses can have very different vertebral columns and even different numbers of vertebrae. Dr. Tian Jan Peters Spoomakers indicates in the horse publication that although these differences may not affect the horse's basic health, it could have an effect on the ability of certain horses to do certain kinds of movements. For example, differences in the number of vertebrae in a horse could have an effect on their range of motion of their back. Some horses could be less flexible and may not be suited for some disciplines. It has been known that all thoroughbreds do not have the same backbone makeup in their lumbosacral area, but differences between breeds of horses has not been well studied. Because of this, researchers ran CT scans of the backbones of 77 fresh equine cadavers of three warm bloods, Shetland ponies, and conic semi-feral horses. Surprisingly, only 50% of the horses had the commonly accepted number of 29 vertebrae, consisting of 18 thoracic, 6 lumbar, and 5 sacral vertebrae. Some had 28 vertebrae, and some had less ribs on one side than the other. Ponies had the greatest variations, with many having 30 vertebrae, with an extra one in the sacral spine, while some individuals had 17 ribbed vertebrae instead of 18. The researchers indicated that these differences were unexpected, and these differences might arise as unintended side effects of a selected breeding, as breeders may be looking for certain traits and forgetting about others and these other traits could be affecting the performance of some horses. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. More Texas hunters and anglers will be able to get a digital license and digital tags this year. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. New Year hunting and fishing licenses officially go on sale Tuesday, and this year more hunters and anglers will be eligible for a digital license. Mike Hobson, License Manager for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. The digital license last year, we only offered it in three license types. We offered it in our Super Combo, we offered it in our Lifetime Super Combo, and we offered it in our Senior Super Combo license. We're expanding the digital offering this year to include a few more licenses. We're going to be offering it in our Lifetime Hunting license, our Lifetime Fishing license, our youth license, and then there's certain individuals, certain groups that are exempt from having a fishing license. There is a special red drum tag that will be available digitally for those people as well. It's called the exempt angler tag, and it's really a tag, not necessarily a license, because the individuals that would need to use that tag, because they're exempt from having to actually have any license at all, it's just the tag so that they can actually tag a red drum. The digital versions of these licenses are only available online. If you obtain one of the licenses, you must also digitally tag your deer, turkey, or other game by entering the harvest information on the My Texas Hunt Harvest app. 
After doing so, the app will give you a confirmation code, which you must then write on duct tape or another medium and attach to the animal. For those who prefer the traditional route, paper versions of the licenses are still available. New Year licenses go on sale Tuesday. Digital licenses are available on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cattle, corn, and wheat all finished in the red on Friday, but the cotton market took a nice jump higher. We'll look at all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I listen to radio to stay up on news, weather, current events around the local community. It keeps me up to date with everything going on in the world. It kind of just takes my mind off of the drive, getting some relevant information that's in time. It's always nice to know what's going on. Okay, what can I do? Well, I'll listen to the what's coming up and you can plan your day. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded mostly higher throughout the session on Friday. However, near the close, we turned it around, finished in the red on both live and feeder cattle. August live cattle down 72 cents, 180.37. The October down $1.20, 181.32. December live cattle down $1.15 at 185.45. August feeder cattle dropped 25 cents, 247.75. September feeders down 12 at 251.45. The October down 45 cents, 252.87. In the cash fed cattle market, we're seeing a pattern develop here now over the last uh, three, maybe four weeks, where we just really don't see any trade here in the Southern Plains until maybe late on Friday or over the weekend. Feedlots asking 182 and better all week. Packers weren't willing to pay it up, so we'll have to wait and regather here on Monday and see what kind of sales we ended up with on the cash-fed cattle trade the past week. Now, in the north, they've had some sales. We had live sales ranging from 188 to 190. Dressed sales hitting as high as 299. So that's three to four bucks higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices mixed Friday choice up 61 cents, 302.64. Select down 60 at 277.20. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I'm Larry Marble with Doug Bass Cattlemen's Brenham. Doug, how was the Wednesday sale? Uh, we ended up with 1,776 head of cattle. Uh, market looked really good. Uh, everything, cows and bulls, set, looked steady last week. Uh, yeah, fish, shoes, and heifers sold, I say, steady to higher. Walk the pins with us. Yes, sir. Our weighing cows, uh, thinner, lower yielding cows, 46 to 78. Medium flesh cows, 82 to 93. Better high yielding cows, bring 95 to $1.11. Out in the packer bulls, lower yielding bulls, 94 to 109. Higher yielding bulls, 113 to 127. Uh, pairs, we had some pretty good little pairs there yesterday uh, better high-end pairs 1700 to 2675 medium type pairs 1250 to 1600 you better bred cows bring 1450 to 1900 medium bred cows bring 950 to 1250 
The calf market looked really good again yesterday. Uh, two to three weight steers, 240 to 317. Heifers, 235 to 305. Three to four weight steers, 230 to 315. Heifers, 220 to 290. Four to five weight steers, 220 to 282. Heifers, 215 to 272. Five to six weight steers, 210 to 256. Heifers, $2 to 242. Six to seven weight steers, 190 to 250. Heifers, 185 to 225. Seven to eight weight steers, 174 to 225. Heifers, 170 to 211. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and Bull yards bring 155 to 223. Heifer yards bring 140 to 185. Thank you, Doug Bass, and thank you, Cattleman's Brenham, and thank you, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, for Aaron walking the pins. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finished higher on Friday. Nearby August hogs up 37 cents, 102.10. The October up a dollar, 81.32. Class 3 milk also climbing higher. August milk up 5 cents, 17.30 a hundredweight. September milk up 37 at 17.98 a hundred. The cotton market got a nice shot in the arm from USDA's crop production and supply and demand report on Friday. They had a 2.5 million bale cut to the cotton crop this year, pushing it down to 13.99 million bales. Last month's number was 16.5 million. That really helped out the market with October climbing 200 points, 89.29. December cotton up 174 points at 87.89. March cotton up 152, 87.67. USDA also cut corn production in the report. They dropped the yield by two bushels down to 175.1 bushels per acre. The overall crop dropped down to 15.11 billion bushels. But even though it was a cut, we're still looking at possibly the second largest corn crop of all time. So that definitely doesn't seem to light much of a fire under the market. September corn down eight and three quarters, 474 and a half. December corn down nine. 487 and a quarter. March corn down eight and three quarters, 501 and a quarter. Both hard and soft wheat could not find any news in the report to support the market, so we headed lower. September Kansas City wheat dropped 11 and a quarter, 755 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat down 11 at 626 and three quarters. In the energy markets, September natural gas up a penny, 278. September West Texas crude up 28 cents at 83.10 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow up 105 points, 35,281. The NASDAQ down 93 at 13,644. The S&P down 4 at 4,464. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.